Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Please consider supporting Black Women United YEG for the protection and advancement of black women and girls in Alberta. You can learn more about them at bwunited.ca. They are always looking for donations and volunteers. So please, again, support Black Women United YEG for the protection and advancement of black women and girls in Alberta. Again, that website is bwunited.ca. My name is Frank Silvestri. I'm from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, not a Canadian. And Philly's really close to New Jersey, by the way. And I'm here to talk to you about why I am a Patreon supporter of Vishkana's Creative Control Podcast, the unique long-form exploration of music, comedy, art, geography, and so much more. Vish is an incredible interviewer who has a charming, disarming, funny, reverently irreverent style which feels a lot more like a conversation with friends than a podcast interview. These conversations have included talking to people like Jeff Tweedy, Nels Klein, Ira Kaplan, Dan Romano, Carson McCone, the White Hot Lung, Juliana Rialino, and one of my all-time favorites, the Sadies. So if you're like me and you find these kind of conversations vital, essential, and important, I hope you'll join me in supporting Creative Control on Patreon. To make your flexible monthly donation to Creative Control, please visit patreon.com slash creative control today. Eric Burton and Adrian Quesada are musical collaborators who live in Austin, Texas. A gifted singer and songwriter, Burton originally hails from Los Angeles and moved to Austin, where he encountered Quesada, who himself was raised in Texas, and is a multi-instrumentalist and a producer. They formed Black Pumas in 2017, and their 2019 self-titled debut earned them the first of the seven Grammy Award nominations they've received to date, including one for their latest album, Chronicles of a Diamond, which was released by ATO Records on October 27th, 2023. Eric and Adrian and I connected recently for a talk about things like the history of Black Pumas, 
a family connection to the Steve Martin film The Jerk. Loving hip-hop for its punk spirit, writing songs about romantic and platonic relationships, and also birds, where their penchant for psychedelic soul music might come from, hitting the road again, other future plans, and much more. A part of the Entertainment One Network with the support of listeners like you, who follow and subscribe to this donor-driven podcast and spread the word about it, and make flexible monthly donations at patreon.com slash creative control, which, as I'm speaking to you, I can reveal is my only real form of income these days. So if you like the show and you like me and uh, you want to see me and the show continue uh, and be able to live, please, that sounded, was that too guilt-inducing? I didn't mean to do that. I'm just saying, if if you have the means and can support the show on Patreon, that would be great. Uh, you have no idea how great that would be as I'm speaking to you. Patreon.com slash creative control. Thanks forever and again for your lovely generosity there. With additional support from Blackbird Music, a wonderful record store with uh, bricks and mortar locations in Edmonton and Calgary, Alberta. And friendly staff will help you if you walk into those places. But they also have a great website, blackbird.ca. Say you want a copy of the new uh, Black Pumas record, Chronicles of a Diamond. Go to blackbird.ca, see if they don't have it in stock, and if they do, or they can get it for you, they'll ship it right to your house. It's just that simple. Again, learn more about Blackbird Music at blackbird.ca. Plus, in-kind support from Pizza Trocadero, The Bookshelf, and Planet Bean Coffee, respectively, in Guelph, Ontario, and Granddad's Donuts in Hamilton, Ontario. This is episode 836 of Creative Control, featuring the lovely and talented Eric and Adrian from Black Pumas, with your host, me, Vishkana. How's it going? Hey, what's up, Vish? Thanks for having us. Oh, it's my pleasure to have you. Uh, I know we talked about this just before we started rolling, but I always ask my guests where in the world they are, so I'm sticking to my guns. Where in the world are you, Eric? As if I didn't know. Yeah, right. This is uh, I'm in Austin, Texas right now, uh, birthplace of Black Pumas, kind of chilling on South Congress where uh, Black Pumas management lives. Nice. Now, birthplace of Black Pumas, is that where you're actually from? Uh, no, I was actually born in the uh, Los Angeles uh, region, uh, uh, San Fernando Valley, actually. That's where oh, I was okay. born. Yeah. California, California guy. What, what brought you to Austin? Uh, the music. I was busking on the Santa Monica Pier with a couple of guys, and there was this one guy who just wouldn't stop going on and on about uh, how amazing this place was. We ended up taking a trip that uh, ended up uh, meaning that uh, I would find a new, new home, uh, and that's... That was uh, October 7th, 2015, which was my birthday. And uh, the gift I gifted myself was, uh, you know, uh, a place to stay, pretty much. So here we are. Nice. Was it difficult to, I I mean, I know a little bit about American geography and climates and whatnot. So you didn't, my sense is you didn't uh, move to a radically different place, uh, you know, environmentally, so to speak. But uh, was it difficult to adjust to life in Austin after living in California? Honestly, as soon as I got here, man, the adjustment was like night and day. I mean, I feel like uh, the people here are generally uh, really warm and embracing to uh, people who are artists. So uh, yeah. that's what we love in 
about Austin. So I'm glad that uh, I'm glad to be here. It feels and, and the feelings never changed. Oh, great! That's awesome to hear. That's great to hear. Also on the line here, uh, Adrian, are you there? I am. What's up, Vish? Oh, not too much. Thanks for asking. Uh, where in the world are you? Austin, Texas, as well. I'm in East Austin. Now, how far away is East Austin from where uh, Eric is? 10, 15 minutes. Everything's everything's pretty close by here. Oh, nice. Okay, cool. You're chilling. Where, where are you? Your house? I'm in my I'm in my studio. Nice. Is that where you do most of your black uh, puma stuff? This record, we kind of did it all over the world, but uh, kind of brought it home here to to wrap it up. So, but nice. we did uh, we do a lot of stuff here. Yeah. Yeah, and, and are you from Austin originally? No, I'm not. I'm from South Texas. I'm from Laredo, Texas. Oh, okay. very few people are from. Very few people in Austin are from Austin. It's kind of one of those cities, yeah. One of those places. What was, I, I know yeah. Laredo from the song "Streets of Laredo." Otherwise, I'm trying to think of what else I know about it. What What, what is notable about Laredo, Texas? It's kind of like been romanticized in a lot of songs and and movies and stuff like that. But uh, it's a border town with Mexico, so oh, that's. Okay. That's kind of what it's been uh, known for, and my and uh, my dad just told me it is the now the biggest inland port, I think, in the world. I don't I don't want to say a stupid fact and, and get that wrong, but it's something <laughs> like that. You know, that's that's what my dad said. It's now famous for it. Okay, cool. Well, uh, and and what brought you to Austin? Sorry, sorry. Geographically, how far away is Laredo from Austin? Four hours, three and a half hours. It's a I four hour it. drive. What brought you to Austin? music really school came to college here and i knew i knew it was a music town you know yeah. seemed like the closest city to my hometown that i could uh go to college uh and do music and, and be immersed in a new city you know i wanted to stay close by i wanted to stay close to my family so came up here i see nice do you have any sense recall of when you first encountered eric oh yeah yeah for sure 2017 i don't remember the date but yeah we we kind of texted and talked a couple of times before we got together one fateful afternoon uh, at my house where my my studio used to be and, and did some recording. You texted and talked. How did you even uh, make that connection? We A mutual friend named Brian Ray introduced us, and um, I emailed Eric. A couple weeks later, we connected over the phone and a um, little bit of communication. I sent him some demos, and we got together in the studio. Oh, nice. Eric, does this check out? Is, is Adrian's memory correct? <laughs> Oh no, he's completely he's 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 full of it. Yeah, he's he's lying. All lies. No, yeah, that's that's kind of how it happened, man. It it was um it just kind of happened. You know, it wasn't forced or anything like that. You know, our mutual friend introduced us and I didn't get back to Adrian and or our friend for a couple of weeks before like calling Adrian and singing on the phone pretty much. And I was just so excited about the music. It was, you know, it was just so cool. I loved the visual nature that, uh, you know, the, the music was kind of like presented to me uh, of how it was presented, you know, in, in, in uh, the way that Adrian put it together. And it was just really inspiring. And, and uh, that inspiration just, uh, I think, really carried us in the very beginning. So I understand what it was like when you encountered what Adrian made. Do you have any sense of what your friend, your mutual friend was trying to get to by connecting you like had you expressed an interest in working with local musicians or anything like that eric you know i i've i still have like the same two three four guys that i've been friends with since uh i, I moved here um who are also musicians they work in the industry they've played in different bands and i've kept my circle pretty 
tight to that degree. But there was a time in the very beginning where I just kind of needed help with some of the learning curve behind engineering and mixing my own ideas. Um, mm. I, you know, and that's that's kind of how uh, my relationship with uh, our mutual friend that introduced us, Brian, kind of came about. Um, he was he helped me do some recording. You know, he had lunch with Adrian shortly after, and you know, threw my name out there, and that's kind of how we connected. Okay, cool. So what is your sort of musical background and, and, uh, I don't want to say talent that came across that was going to come across wrong. And I said it out loud anyway. I mean, like, what is your primary instrument? And that's your beautiful singer, if I may say, but do you have a primary instrument? Yeah, man. I, I think my instrument is just songwriting. Like I'm a songwriter and I, and I, and I see that as a, as an instrument. Um, you know, and I have some training with, uh, my vocals, um, from, you know, singing in church at a very young age to like, you know, doing like a travel choir. There was like this special travel choir that I participated in just to go to, um, Kings Island with the, the amusement park at the end of the year. That was the only reason why I did it. Otherwise, I wanted to play basketball and kind of run the street with some of the neighborhood kids. But, mm. uh, but yeah, so voc- vocals and, uh, what else? I, I had a couple of years uh, playing violin oh, okay. at, a, at a pretty young age. And, uh, yeah, you know, I w- was raised by artists. We would play vocal melody games when I was, you know, I was a kid. So to some degree, I was, I was really groomed to write songs and create uh, music mm-hmm. while, yeah, yeah. Was anyone in your family someone we might know for their uh, artistic pursuits? You know, not, well, maybe, you know, uh, <laughs> I have an uncle who does, um, it's, I don't even know really how to describe it. Um, he does, he's a Christian artist and, uh, it feels like kind of like pop music of the eighties. Mm-hmm. Um, he wrote a record called Jesus love. I have an aunt who, you know, we, they, we lived in Hollywood. So they lived in Hollywood for a little bit. And so she did movies. She was in the movie, the jerk with Steve Martin. And, oh. you know, you might see her at the very beginning of that film playing the part of one of his sisters wow that's cool yeah yeah but you know it's you know nothing nothing too huge or anything that you you would know for sure right off the top okay well you got some showbiz in your lineage it sounds like there's a yeah a little bit of showbiz interest in there yeah yeah. uh adrian similar kinds of questions do you have any uh uh sense recall of what got you into music and and within that uh can you tell us a little bit about what it is you, you you play what it is you do yeah, my primary instrument is guitar. I I can fiddle around on on everything else, but but you know, I mean competently it's guitar. Yeah, I was I was uh into music and and art at a young age. I was an only child. I was just kind of always drawing, listening to music and my uh father actually when I was 13 suggested I play piano. He was like, "Oh, you should take you'd be you're into music, you should take piano lessons." But at 13, I just thought piano was just like for nerds, you know. I was like, "Man, I don't want, you know, I want to I mean, guitar looks cool, but piano is just, you know, I was running around with skaters and it just was I didn't want to get made fun of being the like classical pianist, which is a regret cuz I really wish I had like a foundation. But yeah, I started playing guitar. I was about 13, 14 years. I took lessons for a couple of years and then um you know, that just opened my world up to, uh, you know, a life of, of music since then. Did you have any particular, like, external influences? Because I, you know, and we'll get to sort of the workload division here because I understand it's shifted a little bit since the first record. 
Mm -hmm. But were there any particular producers or albums with production that inspire you or inspired you at the time? At the time, I was really into hip hop when I started playing guitar. And I didn't I didn't quite like understand or really have a grasp of like what exactly the producer was. You know, I knew that Dr. Dre was the producer of N.W.A. I kind of I kind of thought maybe he played the keyboards. I didn't I didn't really know like at back then what that all entailed. So but I was always that was what I was really into at the time. I remember trying to recreate NWA beats on a little Casio keyboard and, and trying to like just take the dissect songs um, from the uh, sound perspective and, and build them back up. And that's, that's what I was really obsessed in. But then when I started playing guitar, you know, whatever, what all my friends and I were listening to Nirvana, Pearl Jam, Soundgarden, you know, all the rock stuff from that time when I was in high school, yeah. started to get more into that stuff. So you mentioned the piano some regrets about not uh, fulfilling your destiny to be a piano prodigy, I think is what you were getting at there. And then I listened to this record, some of the nicest, most prettiest piano I've ever heard. Uh, who's responsible for that, uh, Adrian? That's your your boy down there, the 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 L.A. kid, the L.A. skater. That's Eric. <laughs> the piano, like the prominent piano stuff that like carried on uh you know a couple of songs is, is eric on piano and then we have a keyboard player who who probably uh is a lot of the stuff you hear too okay eric you're holding out on me you're a piano player uh and a, clearly a gifted one well maybe did you mention the piano maybe i missed that i'm sorry <laughs> no I, I i'm sorry i i didn't mention i didn't mention that. <laughs> well you know because i i don't really necessarily see myself as a a piano player more than I write songs, right? So I might, I might write, I, I feel like I could probably write a song on anything. Okay. But uh, for this record, I was lucky enough to have the opportunity to, to, to write some songs started, starting from the keys. And in a lot of ways, that was where some of the, uh, the feeling came from yeah. that we ended up uh, keeping it. And, um, you know, to then have our keyboard is kind of, um, you know, kind of work around it for vibe as well. Yeah. So, I mean, earlier I alluded to the workload situation here, and, and the way you guys have framed it is, uh, Eric, you were a songwriter and a singer, uh, and your friend hooked you up with a kind of musical producer and arranger, it sounds like. Forgive me if I'm misrepresenting anything here and interject at any point, gentlemen, but that's my vibe. What I understand is... Those roles blurred a little bit more uh, for Chronicles of a Diamond. Adrian, am I on the right track? Absolutely. Totally on the right track. When we first met, I had already started some ideas and really had a, a real sonic direction, you know, already kind of stamped on a, a lot of these demos and things. And it turned out when we met and, and he showed me his songs that he had written before meeting me, Colors, uh, Stay Gold, some of those, they kind of just happened to fit with what was our, I was already like hearing sonically, um, from a, you know, production standpoint. So that was how we made the first record. And then, um, this time around, you know, our, our uh, relationships just evolved in general, but, you know, not only did Eric have song ideas, he had, he had production ideas and very much had, uh, full directions on, on things that I just came in and, and stepped in where I was needed. I appreciate that. Eric, can we talk about that evolution a little bit more? Can you elaborate upon it? What compelled you to want to bring some more musical ideas to the fore. And within that, did Adrian inform your lyricism? Any other songwriting elements that you used to take on more? 
Yeah, man. It's kind of hard in some ways to pinpoint exactly how the inspiration um, helped to influence uh, the outcome of, of some of these uh, tracks. Yeah. But um, I think ultimately what I what I realized in um, collaborating with Adrian was that the the studio and the you know elements to the production really kind of work together uh, in the same way that uh, any instrument might uh, kind of work for you. So when I w- when I was playing uh, the, the guitar and kind of busking on the streets, I put all, a lot of the elements that you might delegate to different band members just playing the guitar. You know, there was, you know, started realizing, okay, well, well I, I have a percussive sensibility. I have, uh, you know, in, in some ways reflective of... Uh, you know, maybe maybe the mind of a bassist or, you know, in some ways lead guitar. You can kind of hear different elements in what I was doing just on my own because that was the facilities that I had. But yeah. I think that the, the, the biggest and coolest in, inspiration came from realizing, uh, you know, an expansion in the facilities. And so with that said, I'd always written songs without any boundaries in that way. So it was really cool to see how... Um, Adrian would kind of uh, piece things together pre-production wise mm. to then, um, you know, maybe have, you know, a, a group of people kind of help to elevate the the vision of the of, of the idea. So, yeah, it was it was kind of like it's, it's kind of like night and day. We I, I feel like most of us know what we kind of want to hear. So it's been interesting to, to find that uh, that middle path where we kind of uh, we could meet. I see. I, um, I think you're also yeah. saying that in the studio, in the moment. The spur of the moment can also be a the blur of the moment. Like ideas are coming fast and furious and it's hard to pinpoint sort of where something came from a little bit because you've been working so well together. Is that a way of putting it? Yeah. Yeah. I think I think the I think I think the situation is uh the situation has uh really inspired what we're what, what our output is. I mean yeah. We, we started out with Adrian showing me ideas and, you know, I had to elevate my 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 facilities to be able to communicate with with a, such a musician um, in in a language that he would understand. Right. So that was the hardest thing was creating that bridge to help get some of my ideas across outside of um, taking what uh, I'm, I'm given and making it my own. Yeah. So, yeah, but I think. As far as like lyrics and stuff like that go um, and like writing the songs, I think just, you know, spending time together. I probably one of my biggest languages of love is uh, quality time. And man, we got a whole lot of quality time, you know, on the road. And so um, and so I, I, I think to that degree, to the degree that was just, you know, simply presence, yeah. um, most definitely influenced my, my lyrics and the song, especially like rock and roll. You yeah. know, I'm, I'm really singing to the moment. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. Earlier, Eric, uh, uh, or rather, earlier, Adrian invoked Dr. Dre. Uh, Eric, you just invoked the percussive quality, the inherent percussive quality of your work as a solo musician who has to kind of compensate uh, sometimes for the lack of other instrumentalists. I want to just draw a line to hip hop here because Adrian mentioned Dr. Dre. Is hip hop an influence for you in particular, Eric? You know, m- most definitely. But uh, from the perspective that is 
rock and roll and and kind of like punk rock. I really love hip hop for how left of center I think it, it can come across in a you know popular world. Yeah, so for me, it's uh, just whatever feels like whatever feels like rock and roll, and sometimes hip hop is. I almost see hip hop as like you know the new rock and roll today. Anyway, so you mean the um, a- the attitude of it is almost more influential than the kind of sonic aesthetic or something. I think so. Yeah, yeah. It's very like I, I, I'm attracted to the soulful nature um, that uh, you know you, you people take to creating hip hop and expressing themselves. It's very much. Uh, it's, it just feels like punk rock and rock and roll to me. Yeah. Uh, Adrian, as I, far as the attitude goes, as yeah. far as the attitude goes. Yeah. And I, I agree with that. Yeah. Um, Adrian, as I've been driving around with my family in our minivan, I know that's not very cool, but what are you going to do? I got a couple of kids. We got a minivan. Leave me alone, guys. I'm doing my best. Anyway, we've been <laughs> having, we're blasting your record. And, uh, for me, like one of the major touchstones for me is like, this reminds me of RZA. This reminds me of Wu-Tang Clan. Um, is any of that an influence for you in your work? I think sonically that was a little bit more of an influence on the first record. But I will say that there is, in addition to everything Eric is saying, like it's also there's a, a certain way that hip-hop makes you like bob your head and, and snap your neck. And we're not like really like on the sleeve. We're really totally like trying to make a hip-hop song by any means. Yeah. But if it's like if it makes us move, if it makes you move your head and and you know the way that you know a good hip hop beat does. Um, we were in we were just in New York like a I don't know like a couple months ago, and we were at a, at the hotel bar and Eric was there was a song that came on it was like a hip hop beat and he's like man I I just want all the drums we do to just feel like this. You remember <laughs> that when we were at that hotel? I and, do. I and remember I was, that. Yeah, yeah. So like that's. I think that's the thing right now. There's there. Well, I don't think there was a specific like RZA reference or anything like that on this record. On the first one, to a certain extent, for sure, actually. Um, okay. But on this one, it was more just like if it just feels the way that uh, nasty beat feels, and that's that's kind of what the, the where we're a- aiming towards hip hop at. You know, Adrian, do you remember what song you guys heard together? No, I had never heard. It was just like a beat. I don't. Do you remember what it was, Eric? It would just come yeah, out I in the hotel right. bar. It might it might have been like a a, a DJ situation, something mm-hmm. that you you probably yeah. couldn't even oh, okay. sh- uh, shazam. Okay, yeah, you're right. It was a DJ. We were at the hotel bar and and in the lobby, and there was just a DJ playing. Yeah. Well, what, what I was going to get at there is when when folks like me of my vintage say that something sounds like RZA or Wu Tang Clan, we're probably talking about the early '90s to mid '90s. Like, there's just something about what. what is commonly known as kind of the golden age of hip hop. Do you have a, and you mentioned NWA late eighties. Do you have a particular, uh, golden age of that music, uh, that you hold uh, particularly dear as a producer, Adrian? I would say early nineties, yeah. early nineties for sure. Um, I, I was way into, you know, even like the NWA late eighties. I was a little kid and my neighbors would play basketball and play NWA. So I would just like go stand there and listen to it. But like, I think the early nineties is still kind of the sweet spot for me personally you know and and you mentioned rizza like with the first album when i before i met eric when i was just kind of like had this idea for this kind of sound that you know that's very much on the first album like i was listening to a lot of soul stuff and and i remember having an aha moment listening to ghostface killer again this is all i'm, I'm talking about the first album not necessarily where we are now but uh, you seem very like, careful walk. to you seem very careful to qualify that this is the first album has has, has rizza and wu-tang been brought up to you uh, numerous times 
<laughs> a lot on the first album. People okay. were like, hey, you know, and I was like, it wasn't that much. It was that over. But anyways, I do remember one having this aha moment of hearing a Ghostface song and thinking oh, okay. like, oh shit, and went straight That's to the a, studio and like. I yeah. don't mean any offense by it, by the way. I, I don't think no, it's no, der- no, derivative. No. It just, it actually, because he doesn't, yeah, yeah, yeah. they don't make beats like that anymore in, in yeah, modern yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, Wu-Tang It's soul universe. samples, soul samples with a weird twist to it you know so yeah. well and that's just it eric your contribution as a vocalist and the lyrics is so soulful and it it is a compliment to these beats so which often they would sample the vocalist as well so that's why i do you, eric have i offended you by suggesting that anything sounds like wu-tang or rizza because i'm just meaning it as a high high compliment that's it yeah visha i really wish you would stop <laughs> 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 no man, I mean we 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 you know don't get us wrong. I think I think that we uh, we're really honored to you know be compared to to such acts and people because clearly we're we're fans. But uh, with with that said, there's some you know some obvious um, differences between the first and the second album. And uh, as Adrian suggests or said, I don't know that uh, you know he was uh, specifically you know pointedly trying to. Um, you know, remake something that he, no, that no. he heard in, in any of those things. Yeah, yeah. You know. Not at all. I think so. uh, what I hear is love for it. And, and as someone who, as you guys might know, people who love that sound, love it and are devoted to it and love the people who made it. And so you're really, we support them. So when I hear a, a younger artist or a contemporary artist echoing it, to me, it's, the, it's another homage to that sound. Uh, it, it's not a rip off, awesome. knock off or anything like that. I want to talk a little bit about the lyrical uh, intent here, if we can, in an overarching sense. A lot of romance, it seems, on the surface. Interestingly, I mentioned that, you know, I've been playing the record for my family and my wife had heard of Black Pumas, but she's like, Black Pumas, that's a reference to Black Panthers? I was like, oh, huh. I never even thought of that. They don't seem particularly like political or anything, so I don't think so. It's just a probably a little coincidence. But it did make me think about the lyrics a little bit more. I'm not coming at, by the way, I'm not going to ambush you with political questions. Don't come at me, bitch. Don't come <laughs> at me. Because I, when, I, when I dig into the lyrics and the devotional quality, this is a very romantic album to me. Eric, given everything I've just said, can you talk a little bit about what inspired some of the songwriting here? Um, yeah, I think, first of all, as far as uh, some of the... The romantic elements about it, I probably prosper very well having partners, being a part of a team in, in relationships. I do very well. I think, I think it's, uh, you know, relationships. I, I just, I need to, I need a relationship with, with people and, uh, you know, a, you know, a significant other. So I think a lot of, um, what you might be hearing is what I'm learning in my relationships. And so, you know, with, with that said, in, in conclusion, writing some of the newer tunes that, that weren't tunes like Angel that I wrote like 11, 12, 13 years ago, there were a couple of those that, uh, you know, I, I wrote in a time where I was, I was living in uh, the inner city of Los Angeles, California, trying to figure out how to, uh, you know, stay out of trouble, you know. But outside of that, my first band, right? First collaborative relationship to this degree with a producer. Um, my first serious relationship. You know, my first time in a relationship to myself um, being 
on my own to the degree that I have, uh, you know, been blessed to to, to be hmm. as far as, uh, you know, having my own home and certain responsibilities. I got a dog, you know. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And so a lot of a lot of what you, you're you hearing is just, you know, me living my life and learning um, from, you know, what's what's happening and then remembering you know, like in Mrs. Postman, kind of remembering where I where I come from and encouraging um, others to to keep going. My wife and I were talking about Mrs. Postman the other day, and my son, who's twelve, and we were reminding him, or telling him, informing him that there's a very famous song called "Please, Mr. Postman," and and then that song's about the postman, the mail person, bringing uh, love messages to you, you know, love letters and things like that. And we were, and my wife was like, is that, is this a riff on that? I was like, I think it's just that the postwoman's kind of attractive. Uh, that was my read on it. Is that, am I, am I correct? Uh, a lot of times when I, when I go to write material, I, I will pop culturally reference something. And so your, your wife was right to assume that, yeah. uh, uh, the title of that or, or the aesthetic <laughs> of the, you know, the language behind that song, um, was a little bit of a, of an homage. Um, to please Mr. Postman. But, uh, you know, again, I think that for how crazy my my life has been as far as being a part of this project, learning a lot of things for the first time, I was writing a lot of this material to bring myself to a sense of presence that uh, mm. would point to balance and, you know, the abundance of love and peace that we all have access to. Um, I, I really love listening to Chronicles of a Diamond for that. I think that I had just done my first Vipassana retreat. And oh, nice. um, for those who don't know, that is uh, that's Vipassana is a meditation technique of just kind of like presence and awareness with the breath over, you know, some of the uh, the thoughts that we have. Over 70,000 thoughts we have a day, you know. So, you know, we, we, we battle with a lot of uh, biochemical reactions to what, what we're thinking and what's going on around us. And so, you know, in Chronicles of the Diamonds, I'm, I'm kind of uh, I'm beckoning myself to just listen, just be listen to the waves say crash, you know, listen to my heart go boom bap, you know. Yeah. I thought that was a cool line when I when I came up with that. That's statement. good. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> that's a, that's is that traditionally a silent retreat? Uh yeah, yeah, 10-day silent retreat, free lodging, free food. You're there with maybe 80 students and, you know, seven instructors and uh yeah, it's life-changing every time. Mm-hmm. Life-changing every time and so a lot of my music I I feel and in in the lyrics I'm I'm really trying to get there. I'm really trying to like Albert Einstein said um really try to get to hearing the voice of God, you know, mm-hmm. whatever that sounds like, whatever that is. So a lot of the music should really point to to should, should really make you feel like you're in the presence of maybe your highest self or you know in reflection of something that is of the most high. Mm-hmm. Adrian, a couple of Related questions at the same time. One, uh, can you give us a sense of when uh, these songs were actually written? We're in 2024 here. It's been a strange time, the last four years, of course, and people are writing songs about feeling isolated and trying to connect with others. And I gather that from this record, that there's some of that swimming around here. And secondly, your perspective on what we've just been talking about in terms of these songs, do you have any perspective on where you think Eric might have been coming from with these lyrics? So two things, the when 
and the what, I guess, <laughs> if I may. Yeah. I mean, we immediately after started the, you know, kind of finishing the first album kind of blurred into starting the second album because we just kind of kept recording. Uh, that's just where we were at when we made the first album. It wasn't a real clear, we were a new band, a brand new band, and there wasn't a whole lot of like, it just, we had to finish it, turn it in, and we just kind of kept writing. I do know some of these songs, like Angel in particular, Eric had already written, you know, pre uh, probably predating us even being Black Pumas. But so a lot of it, I think, comes from the period right after like 2018, probably through now. I think I'd imagine a, a good portion of it probably in that pandemic quarantine period, some of it, I think. I mean, Eric, correct me if I'm wrong. And lyrically, I, I've never, I, you know, I don't write any lyrics I, about the extent of my um, involvement is if I if I hear something, if he's stuck on something or if he's still if he's still kind of like whether freestyling or writing or improvising or trying to find a new hook or something. If I hear something I like, I'll, I'll point it out and I'll say, hey, this is this is dope. We, you know, mm. just my my two cents here is I think you should you could run with that. Yeah. Whether he, t you know, takes it or leaves it. Um, That's about my extent with with the lyrics and what I've always loved about the lyrics is that um, they're, they're, they're kind of like, not like this simple surface level stuff. I feel like there's always, you know, you, you know, you might hear a, a word and, and what Eric just said about, you know, a, a connection to God. It's like, that's, that's kind of underneath it all. And that's what I love about it is you can almost kind of get, and, that, and I think colors was a great example because that's a song that like people have given like 10 different meanings to. You know, and that's a testament to like the depth of it is that like, you know, to some people it's about just love to some people. It's about accepting all the different colors of people that there are. You know, there's so many things that, you know, it brought people together during the pandemic and stuff like that. And I think that that still carries through with this record, you know, as I hear I hear the lyrics on uh, it's not waves. What is it called? Because uh, we ch the original title was Chronicles waves. Of uh, Chronicles, Chronicles of a Diamond. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. That that's some of my that one and um, tomorrow are some of my favorite lyrics. Uh, but you know, I'm I'm hearing what I'm hearing and and what it means to me may not actually be exactly what he intended and may not be what the next person listens to too. But I I do think that at the at its core, a lot of uh, what I really love about the lyrics is is this search for connection and for love. You know, and a way to simplify it. The one of the trends I've noticed in some of the. Uh songs I've been hearing and, and the conversations I've been having with people like yourselves is that uh, sometimes I presume a song is uh, about romantic love. And what's becoming more common is it's actually about social love or uh, platonic love, uh, love between friends and that companionship. Uh, Eric, earlier you, you mentioned the song Rock and Roll. Uh, it kind of came up in the moment and maybe was about this dynamic you have with Adrian uh, and, and Adrian was just saying that, you know, the superficial stuff, you have to dig deeper. It might not just be a, a love song like you've heard a billion times. There might be some other meaning there. Would you say that your approach to companionship and writing about it is maybe more dynamic than simply, you know, paying tribute to your partner or something like that, your romantic partner? Is it more nuanced than that, perhaps? Yeah, man. I mean... Yeah, a lot of uh, a lot of the ideas, especially ideas that um, came about while we've been a band, right? So a, a lot of the energy 
that uh, the people come to the table with themselves individually, I usually am utilizing to express myself. And so rock and roll is most definitely an immediate reflection of the energy that is being on tour with, you know, your crew, you know, up against the world, so to speak. Yeah. And so, you know, when you're out when you're out there and it's and it's exhausting and it's nonstop movement, you become a pretty, you know, highly operating, you know, system and unit that uh, you sing to that. It's like the flag. It's, uh, you know, it's 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 a pretty I don't I don't know how to describe it. There's a, it's just so powerful. Right. And so I think that there were moments that uh, really needed some reciprocation of something tangible uh, for us to kind of like go back to in, in like maybe a snapshot in time. And uh, rock and roll was that way. Um, Gemini's son ended up being something that came out of the same type of uh, amalgamation of inspiration, being on the road. Yeah, and it's, it's all reflective of what's happening, you know? Like rock and roll, definitely, that's band reflective and tour reflective. Gemini Sun is just, you know, the Gemini mercurial elements of that, I feel, were really uh, inspired by just my trying to find, you know, my way into the next um, chapter, having, you know, been on the road for the first time and now we're doing it again, having gone through like the heartbreak and, you know, then finding new love Um yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's so funny. I don't know how to <laughs> I don't I don't really know where this stuff comes from, to be honest. I just I'm just trying to be present in the moment. And um, and I appreciate you know, that. I know it can yeah, be hard to be yeah. put on the spot and being be asked where some yeah. inspiration struck you. And at the risk yeah. of doing it one more time, I want to ask you about birds. There are birds on this record. There are black birds. There are blue birds. There are little birds. Oh man, where where, where what do the birds represent to you? You know, man, I don't. Th- you know, I'm not going to give you any kind of uh, complicated. Uh, what is it? Uh, what's what's the movie Tom Hanks was in where he's like trying to like decode Da Vinci some Code? Stuff, the Da Vinci Code. Yeah, this is yeah, this isn't the Da Vinci Code. You know, it's just I I really um, when I was a kid, I've always wanted to fly. You know, it's really that simple. And and then I I, I have. Uh, uh, such a high attraction to nature. And so I really love to draw comparisons and, you know, to see how we are like nature and in nature. That's really important for me. And, and I think that birds represent uh, maybe an overcoming for me, maybe represent a sense of freedom and fluidity in the way that uh, we we converse and you know in our relationship to ourselves more than con- but more um, than con- more yeah. than conversing they sing they're free yeah. they're free they soar and they sing so that's aspirational for you the bird for sure and you, you know what man like if i can dig in in the like my little subconscious like file cabinet i used to do and this has no like i mean i i i, I wouldn't say that i pointedly I'm inspired by this specific individual, but I did used to do a cover on the subway, like while the the car the cars were moving, and I'm like straddling, you know, you know, chair to chair, my guitar. I used to do Three Little Birds as oh. well. So, and and I would do that a lot. I'm like, oh my god, I'm playing this like reggae song. <laughs> you know, I'm learn. I'm really I'm learning how to perform really, yeah. and uh, that was a really easy song for me to 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 learn to play and perform. People liked it, but uh, but I think ultimately, in conclusion, I probably just sang that song so much that birds are just like 
imprinted on me, you know, pretty much. Yeah, I like birds, and they are a symbol of all sorts of things: peace, love, uh, psychedelia. We haven't talked about yet, and I just want to. I want to. I thought you're. I thought you're going to say I like turtles. <laughs> I like tur- I like turtles too. Uh, Adrian, we've talked about. I don't know a sense of self, meditation, some sort of mind alteration from whatever you know. Uh, there's a psychedelic quality to this band that I, I've talked about the hip hop quite a bit. Do you have a sense of where that fuzziness, that aesthetic kind of comes from for both of you, Adrian? You know, it's funny. I've kind of lost perspective on what is psychedelic. And we did an interview with a, with a guy we know here in Austin and, and I, I, I mentioned that and he kind of just made a joke and he's like, Adrian, it's music that sounds good when you're on drugs. And I'm like, <laughs> all right, I, I've fair enough. I get it. But, uh, I don't know that I like purposefully want to, make things psychedelic but i will say like this i i uh, i uh a friend of some friends of mine um a band from from south america was just messaging with them they sent me their new album and i checked it out and and it was like really cool i was i was listening to it i was like it's it's missing like a little bit of danger a little bit of edge and yeah the, from a technical from a technical standpoint more from that standpoint and i think more than anything i like music that sounds just not perfect like i just it's i just imagine it's like if you're watching a movie and everybody's everything's cgi and everybody's airbrushed and everything uh, it's like watching without having anything being kind of psychedelic then it's like i just like things a little bit different a little bit dangerous a little bit edgy like something that keep that kind of like has you a little bit uh, uh, it's just takes you out of your comfort zone that much you know and i just think of like watching movies if everybody in the movie was airbrushed and everything was CGI'd and everything like I feel like I would I would turn that off you know and I like I like some like real edge some real human element to it and to me that's the that's what I try to make it sound like and whether that's psychedelic cool if, if you're on drugs and it sounds good even better but like I just like stuff to just be a little bit dangerous a little bit uh, just push this a little bit more make it a little and and not super safe that's that's ultimately like what I what I always want to do 100% of the time and um and that ends up being kind of guess psychedelic for people. It's a it's a sweet spot I think you guys have if I may be objective about it. You've got Eric's beautiful voice. I think despite the multi-layers it's pretty direct lyricism like I I can relate to it. So it's very human on that level and soulful and yet it's got this grit. It's got this undercurrent of like edge to it in the musical uh in the sonics of it, not just the instrumentation. So, Eric, do you have any perspective on that? The notion of sort of bringing, I guess, like the the the, the clean and the dirty feelings <laughs> that humans have and that aesthetic together. Is that something you're striving for? Or is it just the way it's worked out? I think while I'm a songwriter first, the vibe of the like the spirit of the expression always starts with the music. So. Yeah. You know, I, I would definitely have to attribute a lot of that to uh, the grit and the sonic value to that initial um, conversation between Adrian and I for what yeah. he was showing me. Because with, with that, that that's what that sound was what really birthed the uh, Black Pumas, like the the vibe, the spirit, yeah. the soul. Because you know, upon hearing that. I think that I was able to, you know, recognize a wave and then ride it. Um, and so with that said, um, I think you know, in conclusion, Adrian really took care of a lot of uh, what you're hearing and what, what people might be calling psychedelic soul. Um, 
but uh, it's been it's been a an honor to be able to um, see what my own perspective, how my own perspective of uh, you know in, in the production aspect of things would uh, work to influence yeah. what you uh, what you what what you might continue to call that. Yeah. Um, and I'll say that one of my, my favorite pieces of gear in all of that that we've uh, used for some of the songs were uh, the, the Juno 6, I think, provided a really interesting kind of um, psychedelic effect in some ways, and especially in the, the song Hello. Yeah, yeah, a lot, I, I, I did. I worked with a lot of sense this time. It was really fun. Um, so, yeah. No, you, I, think I don't know you if, could, I, if, if I'm answering. No, you did, you did, and and I feel like you you may not even know that you're part of a something something of a renaissance with this, like really amazing soul music that's written really well and arranged really well, but sounds a bit fucked up, and and it's happening a lot uh, in sort of mm. underground and indie rock, and 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 I'm hearing it on the surface too, and it's really cool. So I just want to commend you guys on this beautiful record and congratulate you on it. And uh, uh, Adrian, earlier you said that. Basically, Chronicles of a Diamond followed. You just kept going. You were making your first record, and then you kept rolling. Basically, into this one. Are you guys working on stuff as we're speaking? As we're speaking, we're we're so in tour mode. Just get, we okay. just uh, finished like our first run, and then it was the holidays. So not not necessarily. I'm sure Eric is writing, and I'm and I'm you know kind of always messing around with sounds and stuff. But um, at the moment, we, our immediate focus is really translating this record to the live stage you know we had our first run in december yeah and about to get back into it next week and so i think that's like this record is has so much so many more layers to it that that's been that's kind of the the task at hand right now is like how do you make all that translate and what what needs to be there and what doesn't need to be there and and how do we like you know just kill the live show and make it as exciting as the album how many uh band members are you gonna have with you on this uh run of shows we have a eight piece band right now we had seven on the last tour and we've just added one auxiliary person um the guy who who can just kind of play he's this utility knife plays plays extra keyboard parts extra guitar parts a little bit of backup vocals percussion whatever we need oh cool that's great that's awesome that sounds fun too that sounds like a good show <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> uh eric uh just so we can answer a query that adrian's kind of floated out there Actually, he was just following up on my question. Sorry, guys. Eric, are you writing songs? Are you working on songs right now? Yeah, man. I mean, I kind of can't stop. It's it's a problem. I uh, sometimes I can't sleep, man. I Vish, I can't sleep, man. <laughs> I'm, so, I'm sorry, I'm laughing. They won't. They won't. The the ideas won't leave me alone. It's it's like a curse or something, you know. <laughs> uh, you know, I, w- while I'm being a little facetious, um, yeah, I have to. Um, it's really important for me to be able to. Uh, you know, have that mirror of a reflection for myself in in the songwriting process and learning about, uh, you know, how to put different colors together as far as sounds and stuff go for my own kind of meditation. And so I'm always doing something. I, I've learned in conclusion to that that uh, not all the ideas um, are for every project. Yeah. And so we'll see, you know, maybe maybe I'll take a cue from uh, from Q over here. And uh, just wait to see what uh, what ideas turn into what you know. Yeah. As far okay. as as far as projects and stuff like that goes. Okay. Cool. Now, if people want to learn more about Black Pumas, I assume the internet uh, is full of stuff. You got a website. You got all that stuff. Is there any anywhere in particular you'd like people to follow you guys, Adrian? All of it, man. Uh, Instagram. I think we're on 
Snapchat and TikTok, I don't even know. Yeah, you're not the one. Fun. You're not Come the one. Man- you're not managing the socials, is what you're saying. No, not at all. But uh, please come to a show. That's what I would actually say. If you want to follow us, come. If 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 we're in your area, come. Come see us play live. You know? Okay, sounds good. Uh, yeah, Eric. Uh, Eric, do you want people to follow you on anything? Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll second. I'll second what Adrian said. You know, I think uh, the the social media is is its own world and very important. But if you really want to get to know us, you really want to get next to us, experience us as a you know people. The show is the best place to do it. Okay, because as we're very honest in, in in those moments. So yeah, sounds good. All right, I want to go out on a song from this record uh, right now for the people who have been listening to us, and uh, I want to ask you guys to pick it. Now we have two people here. This could make this could turn into a debate. We have to be careful. I'm going to ask Adrian, I think, to pick the song. But Eric, you have veto power. If you don't like his choice, we can have a short debate and pick something else. Adrian, if we could go out on one song from Chronicles of a Diamond, can you choose one and tell us why it came to mind? I would say if I was going to pick one right now, I would pick Hello. Hello uh-huh. uh, to me. No, no. No, Vito. Vito. Okay. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Go for it. Uh, I, it was uh, it was the, the first, you know, like I said, we had kind of kind of continued writing and recording some stuff that kind of spilled out of the first album. But that was the first kind of hard left turn. I remember that was during the pandemic. That was like kind of peak COVID time masks yeah. and crazy, you know, crazy vibe in the air. Uh, we got together and um, and Eric had that synth idea on the Juno and like. Uh, I just love that one because we did that in in a room during the pandemic and it was loose and you can hear us laughing and you can hear sounds and it's just it just feels raw and it feels like you're right there in the room with us and that was the first like hard left turn I remember on the album where it was like all right yeah this is this is different and exciting you know all right Eric do you want to say anything more uh, about it you you hey. quietly vetoed but you're okay with it Hey man, let's, let's just take it out. Let's just take yeah, it out. Fine. All right, let's it's fine. let's just go. Yeah, yeah, let's go. All right, this is "Hello" by Black Pumas from their wonderful new record, Chronicles of a Diamond. Uh, Adrian, Eric, thank you so much for making so much time for me today. I hope you enjoyed yourselves, and I wish you the best of luck in the future. And I hope we talk again. Thank you, Vish. This was really, really fun. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Vish. I've never been to Mars in the past.
say, oh, hello, <laughs> hello, hello, hello. I never wanna go again. I had to let you know again. I really wanna love again. Hello, one more time, baby. I, ooh, I love you know. I love your show. The sight is closer when it looks at you. I say, hey, little darling, my heart hurts a little to say that I'm lost when you're loving the thick of it. I've never been to Mars, but I'm on my way when the wheels fall off. Help me navigate to say. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Very, very special thanks again to uh, Eric and Adrian from Black Pumas for being on the, the uh, old show here to talk about their new album, Chronicles of a Diamond. All this for the 836th episode of Creative Control, which is part of the Entertainment One Podcast Network and is available uh, pretty much everywhere you get your podcast. If you can't find an episode that you've heard about, but you're looking for it everywhere, or if you want to learn more about me and sign up for my monthly newsletter, 
please visit vishkana.com. There's a follow Vish online link in the show notes, and it's there. You can try to find me on most social media platforms like uh, Facebook and Twitter, uh, and uh, you can follow me there or like the page. If you're a porn bot listening to this, you don't have to follow me on Twitter. I know that you, you like to like all the tweets. I don't know what the point of that is. And then now you're, you've moved from liking to the following. Why is that? I'm talking to you, porn bots. Maybe this isn't the right forum for this, but I don't, I don't understand. Please don't. If you're a porn bot, just don't follow me. That's what I'm saying. Please do, even if you are a porn bot, I guess, please visit patreon.com slash creativecontrol to make a flexible monthly donation to sustain me and this podcast. As I'm speaking to you, uh, I no longer have a day job for the first time in uh, 10 years. And uh, I'm excited about this because it's going to free up some time. I've been working like a dog and I haven't been enjoying myself, uh, but I'm also a little uh, scared uh, uh, financially, uh, financial anxiety. However, uh, I do like doing this show and I hope that uh, in the time I have, uh, I presume in between day jobs, but hopefully not. I mean, this is part of this pitch, really. If I didn't have to get a day job, I'll just keep pouring all my energy into this and then doing stuff with my family, and it'll be great. But uh, we'll see what happens. Anyway, it's a great time to join the Patreon. There's more perks. There's prize packs. Uh, you get episodes earlier than everybody else. There's audio archives for certain tiers. The monthly prize pack uh, tier is 10 bucks a month uh, American, and uh, some of the other perks start at 6 bucks a month. But you can donate any amount you want, and you can adjust those, that amount uh, as you go. It's it's really quite simple. So if you're able to support me and my show, uh, please visit patreon.com slash creative control to learn more about how to do that. Thank you. Thanks also to the uh, fine Alberta record store Blackbird Music, which you can learn more about at blackbird.ca. also want to thank Pizza Trocadero, the bookshelf and Planet Bean Coffee in Guelph, Ontario, and Granddad's Donuts in Hamilton, Ontario for their in-kind support for the show. As always, my love and thanks to Jim Guthrie for lending me music I use on this show. You can learn more about Jim at jimguthrie.org. And finally, thank you for listening to this episode with Black Pumas. I hope you'll check out their album, and I hope you'll subscribe to this podcast or follow it and tell your friends all about it. And I hope you'll check out the next episode because it's coming soon. I got nothing else to do. I'll talk to you soon. Bye for now. Thank you. softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.